This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What do you want a da-da-da? What do you want a da-da-da? I'm not a da with a da-da-da. We could switch to Progressa da. Oh yeah. We could switch to Progressa and Sa. Mkaw. We could Sa enough to buy some Za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to Progressa to Da and get some Za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da to da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost of the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I am Phil Sams. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. If you've listened to this before, thank you so much for your support. If you're new, I just want to say welcome. And don't forget, these episodes come out every Thursday. Today, we're going to mix it up. I'm going to kind of talk about some things that popped up in the headlines in the past week or so. We're going to talk about... There was a death in the paranormal community from an iconic figure that anybody in the paranormal industry knows this name. And we're going to talk about the death of Lorraine Warren. We're going to talk about some aliens because I love me some alien talk. We're also going to do a little psychic talk too. These are all headlines that kind of popped up that I wanted to discuss and give my opinion on. Plus, I might even get to some ghost adventures talk and kind of give a little little bit of an opinion piece on an episode I watched here lately and we might even kind of go over the new series with Jack and Katrina there called Porters to Hell. I'm going I did check out an episode of it and I'm going to give you my overall opinion on that particular paranormal show. So, let's go ahead and get this podcast started. Ghost in the Night with Bill Sams. We had a death in the paranormal field. That is Lorraine Warren passed away at the age of 92. She passed away in her sleep, which, you know, hey, personally, that's how I want to go out. It's not the ideal way to go. If you're a guy, you know how we all want to go. But I'm going to pass away. I'd like to do it the easiest way possible, and that would be in my sleep. Um, but she died in her Connecticut home. Now, the Warrens you know, founded the New England Society of Psychic Research out of Monroe, Connecticut. They are best known for their work or their investigations that they did with the Amityville case and also the stories that sparked the Conjuring movies or series naturally Annabelle and all that stuff, but they are credited with, or they have said to have investigated 10,000 cases in the U.S. or basically worldwide. Now, the you know, Lorraine Warren, she was an empath or a psychic medium. Um, she could communicate with the dead, and her husband, Ed, was a demonologist, self-proclaimed demonologist. And I'm not going to get too much into the stuff, their cases or their contribution necessarily to the paranormal field. I'm going to devote next Thursday's episode strictly to talking about the Warrens and their cases. 
and maybe have sparked a little bit of a debate on whether or not they were for real or what their evidence really, how credible was their investigations. But definitely the the Warrens and especially Lorraine have been a crucial part of the paranormal field for a long time. Before them, I would have to say, honestly, they sparked the modern renaissance of the paranormal. I mean, it's because of them bringing attention to this. You have to give them credit. That is why we have pushed, or the paranormal has been pushed into the mainstream like it has been. And it's not looked down upon as as much as it once was. There was definitely a time in my lifetime when I was younger, it wasn't cool to be interested in the paranormal. You got some strange looks. That was just something you kept to yourself. But they brought it to the forefront, and that I have to applaud them for. Now, I definitely have my opinions on some of their investigation techniques and everything. And I will get into that Thursday. But, you know, it's definitely a loss in the paranormal community. And my sympathies go out to the families and all of her survivors or anybody that came in contact with her and considered her a friend or a colleague. My sympathy goes out to them. And I do thank her for her contribution to the field as no matter which way you lean, I think you have to give her credit for that. All right, next up on our agenda is we're going to talk about aliens. Love me some aliens. I've always been fascinated with space, and when I saw this headline, it really just tickled my fancy, and I I had to bring it up because it covers a couple different topics that are hot-button topics today, especially with people's opinions on science now, the questioning of whether or not the Earth is even round, or simulation theory, and then is space even real? I don't want to get into all that today, but those are kind of, if you watch YouTube, they are filled with those type of conspiracy type or questioning the government type videos. When I saw this headline, it piqued my interest, and the headline was, this frightening zoo theory could explain why we haven't discovered extraterrestrial life yet. So you hear zoo theory, which actually dates back to, I believe, 73-ish. Let me check here. Yeah, 1973 from a researcher named John Ball out of MIT. He put forth the theory that aliens were more of a observer or omnipresently observing us, kind of like how we observe animals in the zoo. They're basically, we are the zoo for the aliens. So, which is an interesting hypothesis that we are actually lab rats to aliens. ET just studies us and documents our stupid behavior or our stupid social media accounts, and why would they want to interact with us? They're just studying us, which is a really interesting thought, and this whole concept of why we haven't found extraterrestrials yet is really interesting, and that's pretty much what this article is about. It's out of uh, the businessinsider.com, basically the topic of if life is out there, why haven't we found it? And, you know, there's a lot of theories and hypotheses of why we haven't encountered any or found life on other or distant planets. And the main thing is the universe is a big-ass place. There's There's no way to actually quantify that in our head, how vast the universe is. There's so many different places to find life, and we'd have to be, it'd be a miracle to find life just for the mere fact of it's like winning the lottery. And that is kind of what this article is about. If there is life out there, which personally, I believe there is, why are we the only ones? 
why haven't we found it yet? And the theory of the zoo theory is they are observing us and they are purposely not interacting with us or showing their existence because, you know, they're studying us. And that really does explain why we haven't have had proof of life of extraterrestrials. Now, the interesting thing is, what are all these UFO sightings and everything, which is a fascinating topic in and among itself. Personally, you know, I think a lot of it's a crock of shit. From every documentary I've seen, every expert I've listened to, you know, yes, there definitely is a UFO phenomenon. Most of it is basically top secret military aircraft that we don't know what it is because it's top secret. And so, therefore, by definition, it is an an unidentified flying object. But that can't, and it does not account for every last encounter or thing or unidentified object we see in the night sky. Yes, some of these people are crackpots. Some people are just misidentifying. Some of it can be weather phenomena or whatever. But there is something to it, whether it's 1% or 10%, or it doesn't matter what percentage it is. A certain percentage of those cannot be explained. Does that mean it's necessarily ET reaching out to us? And if they are just observing us, which is a fascinating concept, but it makes sense. They'd have to get close, and maybe sometimes these encounters or these sightings are really just where they get a little bit too close. We've all looked at somebody from across the room or in a mall or in a movie theater, and they turned and saw us looking, and we look away real quick. Maybe that's what that these UFO encounters, some of these UFO, UFO, can't talk today, some of these UFO encounters actually are. You know, it's just quick little, they're, they're in, they're out, and they kind of know they got caught, and they bolt real quick. But it's a fascinating topic, and I'm interested, and I want to cover more UFO stuff and extraterrestrial and type material on the podcast, because that, if you've listened to me, you know I consider the paranormal just not spirits or ghosts or anything like that. I think, you know, you have to group everything we're not completely and totally sure of in the paranormal field, whether that's ghosts, spirits, demons, cryptozoology, and you have to throw aliens in that discussion. So I'm going to cover a little bit more of that kind of stuff on the podcast, on especially the Thursday podcast, where I pick a topic. But I definitely want to throw more of those into the mix and talk a little bit more about those, because I've been kind of ghost or demon heavy so far on the podcast. And I want to branch out a little bit. So if you have a topic you want to or want me to cover, let me know. Send me a direct message on Twitter at night underscore ghost. You know, whether it be a UFO encounter that you you saw some strange lights. I'm out of Ohio and I'm just a little south of Wright Pat Air Force Base. I've seen some weird stuff in the sky I'm in the sky. I'm not saying an E. T. more likely it's you know, some kind of plane that I'm not familiar with coming out of Wright Pat there, which in the UFOlogy scene, Wright Pat is uh, pretty synonymous with UFO encounters because some of the uh, wreckage, supposed wreckage, uh, you know, whether which side of the fence you're on on that, out of Roswell, ended up at Wright Pat for a brief time or hell, might so, still even be there. But I grew up in this around this area and there's always been a mystery around Wright Pat. So, I've seen some stuff in the sky, and I can't explain it. But the zoo, the zoo theory is really fascinating because it makes sense. They're observing us just like if we go out into the wild and we're looking at animals. You know, we just don't rush right up to them, grab them by the horn or whatever, or 
or tap them on the shoulder blade or whatever. We watch them. We observe them from a distance. If there is alien life out there, that's probably what they're doing. I mean, there's a whole number of reasons why we haven't had uh, the whole the scene from like Independence Day where he walks outside to get a paper and everybody's looking outside and there's an alien mothership or whatever hovering above L.A. There's a lot of reasons for that. First and foremost, like I said earlier, the universe is a big-ass place. To find life in the cosmos, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. We won't be able to go to them. They have to come to us, essentially, with today's technology. Now, that might not always be the case, but we'll have to wait and see. But I really, this article is kind of fascinating because, you know, it throws in the zoo theory, which is their observer. You know, and there's some, I've heard theories that, yes, there's alien life out there, but they've even thrown in the simulation theory where we're actually just, you know, a simulation for the alien world or an alien from another star another star system has just created our world that we know of as Earth, and we're just living in a simulation. Don't know, which is might be something I might tap into in a future podcast because I find it curious because I've always said the paranormal might not necessarily when you go to a haunted location or do a paranormal investigation and you get an EVP or get a weird piece of physical evidence or, you know, you have a personal experience you can't explain. You know, I've always said that might not be a ghost. It might, if you believe in multiverse, it might be a thin spot between universes. Or it could be a glitch in the simulation. I don't know. Because a lot of experts who have discussed the simulation theory says it wouldn't be able, the computing power that would be needed to do something like that, we can't even fathom. Or we we can't replicate that kind of computing power, but that doesn't say an advanced species or advanced alien life who is much older than us, been around the block a few times, can't doesn't hasn't found a way to actually do get that computer power or whatever. But maybe these paranormal experiences some people have are actually glitches in the system. I don't know. It's a fascinating topic. I don't. I'm not saying I believe it. But it's fascinating to how it kind of combines, you know, the ghostly side of the paranormal with the alien side of what I consider paranormal because we are still unclear about the universe. So definitely check that out. Like I said, it's the businesssider.com. I will put a link in the show notes for that one. And we will go on to the next psychics. I've had a lot of psychic mediums or people with sensitive type abilities on the podcast. I've done investigations with people that who are sensitive. I've seen a lot of documentaries on psychics, mediums, and all that happy stuff. And my personal opinion, I think it's pretty clear. I kind of maybe get a little bit of a bad rap that I kind of degrade, or not degrade them, but I kind of don't buy it completely. That's not the case at all. I personally believe that psychics do exist. We all have some sort of psychic ability. We haven't tapped into our brains completely. We don't know the full functionality of our brains. And maybe we all have that ability to tap into that spirit world or psychic world or and get bleed through from parallel universes or whatever, however they communicate with the spirit world. They can just do it because they're able to tap into that side of their brain or that portion of the brain that enables that. So I'm not saying... All psychics, mediums are completely full of shit. No, but there is a percentage of people who are claiming to be psychics are not psychics. They're just conars. I don't, I, that's a little harsh, but there are people who are extremely good at 
reading people, cold reading them, and leading them to the direction they want to go. So I have a love-hate relationship with them. Everybody I've personally been in contact with, I've interviewed on this podcast. I have no reason to think that they are that way, but I also have no way to prove it. I'm taking them at face value. But I honestly believe they, these people do have some sort of extra sense that we're not, I don't personally have or whatever. But when I saw this next headline, I kind of was like, really, this is honestly, ideally the type of psychic, I should say, that gives um, the rest of them a bad name. And here's the title, and this is what really grabbed my attention. Psychic claims he was abducted in paranormal aircraft and trained by spirits. Okay, now the article basically talks about a guy by the name of Paul Hunter out of the UK, who's a 47-year-old, basically professional psychic who works for, I don't know, I don't think it actually says the name. He works out of a psychic shop, or whatever you want to call it. Hell, I don't know. But basically, he says he does this for a living. He's given thousands upon thousands of readings to people. But he was trained by the spirits. But here's the kicker. He was abducted and taken into a uh, paranormal aircraft and trained by the spirits. Now, yes, I know a lot of psychics have spirit guides that train them and open them up. But I've never heard of them being abducted, essentially. I love how it ties the alien abduction theory to psychic mediums. Very fascinating. But you claim something like this, I'm automatically going to, oh, I almost forgot, this was out of the mirror.com out of the UK. I'm going to have to kind of, I don't want to say call bullshit, but I'm not going to put as much credibility into your story as uh, I would some of the people I've actually conversed with or interviewed on this podcast or actually been on investigations with. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're out there, buddy. I mean, I'm not saying you're lying. Maybe your story is completely and totally true. But it's a little hard to swallow. And I think you might be reaching a little bit and trying to pump up that psychic claim you have. I don't know. But I'm, I could be wrong. I just think that if you're psychic, you're psychic. And if you have a spirit guide that helps you with your psychic ability, great. But and let's be honest, that title's a little bit clickbaity. They got me, you know, because naturally I'm thinking alien, they're tying alien abduction completely with the psychic phenomenon. But, you know, so I did get clickbaited a little bit. But it was still a fascinating point because, you know, I don't know if I put as much credit into this gentleman as I would somebody else. It is what it is. Let me know what you think about the psychic phenomenon and whether you think it's a load of shit or you think there's real validation to some of these psychics. Because I know for a fact, there are pro- I personally believe, like I said, there are people we, ha- we all might even have this ability. Most of us just can't tap into it. But on the flip side of that, there's 100% chance that there's a lot of people kind of people that are more vulnerable or have recently experienced a loss. And they're just, it's a money grab, and they are trying their hardest to make a living off the desire of others to connect with their loved ones. And that's that's real. There's no way, so you can't even debate that. There's a lot of con artists in the psychic world. You know, you have to separate fact from fiction, essentially. And that's hard to do. 
So that's why I've always, you know, I've thought about do, doing a reading just to kind of see how much full of shit they, they are, or maybe they could surprise me and they actually could hit the nail right on the head. I don't know. But like I said, take that for what it's worth. Let me know what you think. You know, send me a message on Twitter at night underscore ghost. I also have a Facebook page at Ghost in the Night. Also, the website, Ghost in the Night Podcast, dark.com, or the email, Ghost in the Night Podcast at gmail.com. But let me know what you think. Do you think psychics are full of shit? Or do you think maybe there's something to it? Or maybe you take my approach where you think there's a lot of full of shit people, and, but there's definitely people that have the ability to tap into something a lot of or most of the population can't. Let me know what you think. All right, let's go ahead and just jump right into the Ghost Adventures portion of this episode now. I have been extremely critical of them in past episodes, or in the past, essentially. And it's for a reason. They have definitely made a move to the dark side. Everything's a demon, and or everything is evil. Back in the early days, when it was just paranormal investigating, nobody was really getting truly possessed. It was interesting. It was somewhat informative and somewhat entertaining. Now for a complete and total money grab or to just keep their audience interested, everything's a demon, everything is evil, and that's all they emphasize on the show to this point. And anybody that does any paranormal research or does any investigations know knows that's not necessarily the case. But I understand it's a business for them the money depends on viewerships, and that's what gets eyes on the television set. Basically, in the paranormal world, evil or demons is porn to the paranormal fan. So that's where they're going to go. So they catch a lot of criticism. Duly noted that they should catch a lot of criticism with some of the stuff that they put out there. But what's funny is I honestly believe it's starting to get to Zach there just a little bit because in an episode, not last week, one of the past episodes where they were in Vegas and they did a haunted attraction investigation that had four separate buildings. I'm, I don't remember the exact name of that particular episode, but naturally there was a satanic room and they had a Satanist actually come in and kind of validate or give them some the lowdown on some of the demonic graffiti or paintings or whatever, however you want to say it. He, naturally, they he sent, they had some activity on the walkthrough, as they always do. And he sent Aaron in by himself to kind of do a session by himself. But what was really caught my attention as he sent him in, and it was just him and Billy out there, Zach went on this little tirade about, oh, oh some Zach always sends uh, Aaron in by himself. Why don't you go yourself? You know, this little outburst lets me know, and it kind of shows me that maybe the criticism is getting to him a little bit. And is the uh, writing on the wall for Ghost Adventures? Maybe he's getting tired of the criticism and doing what he's doing just for viewers. Because in my experience, if some when somebody lashes out like that to relieve a little bit of stress, it's because it, they actually there is some kind of truth to it. And maybe it's getting to them because people who don't really care aren't going to lash out like that. If it doesn't bother you, why would you even bring it up? But for it to be, for him to actually say it on camera 
for it to get through post and all the editing and actually make it on air, that tells me he is pretty much letting some of the heat that people send him, I'm sure, through the internet and through emails and whatever, is getting to him a little bit. But he should expect it. You can't please everybody. You have millions of fans, and you have if you have a million fans, you probably have five million haters. And he should know that. He's on television. Hell, I get emails and messages sent to me saying I'm an idiot, but I'm not even on his, in his solar system. I mean, people that listen to this podcast, I appreciate each and every one of you, but it is nowhere freaking even in the same continent as the viewership that Zach Baggins and the Ghost Adventures crew has. But it doesn't get to me because I know I'm an idiot. But I really think maybe the criticism is getting to them just a little bit, so I would not be surprised if they start tanking a little bit and throwing in the towel and not doing their best work because they're getting a little criticism. So just to, that's kind of my two cents worth on that. But talking about paranormal shows, Friday this past Friday was the debut of Portals to Hell with my favorite Osborne of all time, Jack Osborne. Now, and to be completely honest, I wasn't expecting much out of this with the name Portals to Hell. I assumed it was going to be a demon love fest and everybody was going to get possessed. So I really was not holding out hope for it. I watched it and I'm going to, it wasn't bad, honestly. I didn't really think it was that bad. It wasn't as over the top Ghost Avenger styles with, you know, possessions and de- demonic activity. Yes, naturally demons came up. But the investigation didn't exploit the demon side of things really that much, which I was pleasantly surprised about. They didn't go overboard so far on, you know, some of the stupid equipment that's out there just to make a buck. But I'm I'm holding off complete trashing or praising this until, you know, a couple episodes in, just kind of see where they go with it, because... I understand putting the name Portals to Hell, naturally that's going to catch some eyes and it's going to get some viewers, which is the name of the game. But I, you know, it wasn't a bad show. I kind of liked how they did almost a YouTube type vlog from time to time on some cuts. I mean, it was nice. It wasn't just straight boom, like you were watching it on television. Wasn't it, you know, they had some nice cuts where, you know, vlogging type cuts where they were commentating on some stuff especially in the beginning. It piqued my interest, but I'm not going to pan it just yet, but I'm not going to praise it either. So we're going to have the jury still out on that one. Okay, that's going to wrap up this episode of Ghost of Night. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this podcast. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. You can also send me a direct message if you have a story you want to tell. Or if you want to give me a comment about this podcast or a topic you might want covered, go ahead and just shoot it out there to direct message me on Twitter. Or you can send me an email directly at ghostinthenightpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to head over to ghostinthenightpodcast.com. Check out all the show notes. If you want some paranormal or podcast merchandise, we got some good stuff over there. So until next week, take care, everybody.
Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. You mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hardy's invites you to creamy, zesty, fiery, hand-breaded bliss. Join us for hand-breaded chicken tenders dipped in new fiery sauce. Only at Hardee's. Feed your happy. Available for a limited time at participating Hardee's restaurants. Price and participation may vary.